Welcome to The Fix, the podcast made for the trades, where we sit down with inspiring individuals across the trades to discuss their unique take on the industry, including career paths, job site stories, overcoming challenges, and everything in between. I'm your host, Catherine, a marketer here at Odie, with my co-host and friend, Doug, one of Odie's resident experts in all things trades. The Fix is more than a podcast. It's a community, a community built to support tradespeople and inspire the next generation of essential pros. Let's start the conversation. Well, welcome back to The Fix for a really exciting conversation with an amazing guest who has accomplished so much. Doug, are you ready for this adventure? Catherine, I always look for a way for our audience to understand how excited I am. And today, I finally figured it out. Yeah. I was driving by a country club. I remembered back in my golfing days, I'd go to that course. It would show me direction. It would give me support by markers. Yeah. And then at the end, I put that ball in the cup and I had success. Nice. Today, we're bringing opportunity. We're bringing support and we're bringing success all through one person. Absolutely. You know what? I just got to take a break for a second. Oh my gosh, Doug, that's very well put. And I, I always love Doug's isms to be able to kick us off. So welcome, Dr. Michelle Scott-Taylor, who is the Chief Program Officer at College Now Greater Cleveland. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, wonderful. Well, we like to kind of kick it off and have you tell us a little bit about your organization and the role within the local community. Wonderful. Okay, so I'm with College Now Greater Cleveland. We are the first college access organization in the nation. Founded a little bit over 50 years ago, we are here to really help students and families think about what does it take to go from middle school, high school, graduate high school, and then move on to Mm post-secondary. Now, we use the term college because it's a lot sexier than post-secondary. Sure. But we believe in today's society and moving forward, you do need some education that's more than the high school diploma. And we believe that trades is another opportunity for students to get formal education around how to do things, fix things, um, without necessarily having to go off to, you know, a four-year college like Harvard or something like that. So that's what we do. And we serve our local community by placing what we call advisors in schools across Northeast Ohio and as far south as Mansfield. Um, And they work next to guidance counselors or school counselors to help students do applications, get scholarships, go on college visits, career visits. So I'm so excited to be here today because I see this as a place that I am going to bring students. Absolutely. And you know, that is one of our big missions is that we're not here just to do the talk. We're also going to do the walk with you. So to be able to bring students in, show advisors, um, that's definitely something that's come out of our conversations with many of our guests is trying to get the parents, the students and the guidance counselor all to understand the importance of what the trades can bring. So I think having these advisors is such a great way to connect and that student and that uh, guidance counselor with them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. So how did you get into your role? Tell us a little bit about that and, you know, your kind of work history to, to how you are today. Oh, my goodness. So I grew up in a community called Warrensville. I'm sure you all know mm-hmm. it. Over yep. on our east side, heading southeast side. And essentially... I went there K-12, which a lot of our students aren't fortunate enough to be able to do, go to the same school district. Sure. So it really allowed me to kind of develop who I was, who I wanted to be. So I did have a strong sense of self going to my school district. But I thought I was, you know, smart enough to get into Harvard. I was a smart kid. 
I right. was number three in my class. I had over a 4.0. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, in some of our communities, they don't have as much resources as other school districts. And sure. so I quickly realized that I was neither prepared nor really able to get to Harvard. But my whole life, I've been told that if you do well in school, you'll get a scholarship. So that's what, sure. I, that's what I tried to do. Now, there was a TV show on television, sorry, <laughs> that led me to want to be a lawyer. Can you guess what television show that might have been? Oh, no. We got put on the spot, Doug. Television uh, show, lawyers. Law and Order? I don't no, know. maybe. Not Law no. and Order. Hmm. There was this family. There was a mom and a dad. Oh, Huxtables. The Huxtables. Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. So the Cosby show was kind of a major cultural iconic you know, yes. television show yeah, in my absolutely. community. So I wanted to be a lawyer. So I thought I was going to be a lawyer. I went to the University of Akron, studied political science. Uh, zip. Yep. Then fell in love with sociology, which really just means I love people. Yeah. <laughs> and then because of a middle school teacher who taught me from seventh grade to 12th grade, I also majored in French. Wow. Oh. That is really Isn't cool. Really- yeah. We could not speak back French if you were going to do that right okay, now. That's- you almost did. You said we. We, we. We, we. There you go. I there did. you go. There mm-hmm. you go. Um, and so essentially I fell in love with college. I said all that to say I fell in love with college and I didn't want to leave because I had so many wonderful experiences sure. that I didn't even know I was going to have. I ended up working on a college campus, which I didn't even know was a career path. Sure. Then I went and got a master's degree to work on a college campus. And then I went and got a doctorate to really understand how do colleges and universities move our society forward or how do they not? And what are the gaps? And, you know, what should students be learning? And is college the only way? And what I've come to find is that while it's great for many, many people and many people should go just because that's what life's about learning, there are many different ways a person can learn. Absolutely. And so then I moved into this role, which allows me to work with high school students to figure out what is the best fit for you. Mm-hmm. So it may not be the University of Akron. It may be a certificate. It could be an associate's degree. It could be going into the trades and getting an apprenticeship. Right. And for some of our students, it can be on the job training. What we do hope, though, is that we put students on a path for a viable to a viable career pathway so that they can take care of themselves and their families. That is ultimately what we do want. And we do recognize that some jobs may not lead to that. Right. But if you want to do it, it's okay. Just recognize, you you know, there should, there could be some limitations to, you know, your overall potential earnings. Yeah. Trades Absolutely. is not that. I mean, there's nothing but up when you go into the trades and that's something I've learned over the years. And so that's why I'm so happy to be here because I need to keep learning more. Yeah. And I think especially during the pandemic, we learned that even more with the trades being so essential and, and, and a lot of maybe some, um, you know, industries where they weren't and they were out of work and that was not the case and continues not to be the case, especially with a lot of plumbers who are now starting to go into retirement and not as many plumbers are coming in that there is just a ton of opportunity for them to really manage their own business, manage working for another uh, company, um, you know, have a life, make a great living and a great wage. And it's ironic because so many people wanted to work on their homes, including Mm -hmm. myself. Yeah. And like the wait time to get things done or, you know, how trades folks were so backed up, they couldn't even get to you during the the pandemic just made me realize that there's so much opportunity that we have a lot of people who are not able, who have not been able to take advantage. We need to make sure Mm-hmm. Those that those opportunities are available to them. So that's what I'm hoping to do with this burgeoning partnership. You got it. I love it. So, you know, talk a little bit now, because, you know, we talked about the uh, name of the organization is College Now. 
And so kind of walk us through, despite the name, how does uh, your recruitment and uh, retainment strategies kind of fall into mix? So essentially what we're trying to do from sixth grade to high school is help students think about what is the best fit for them? Where do they see themselves being most successful in life? So while I would say that we want students to get formal education post high school, we're a little bit agnostic as to how. Sure. So again, we say the word college because in our society, we know that for every 1% increase in degree completion, it's $3.5 billion that comes into the economy. Mm. We need, we have 500,000 people right now in Northeast Ohio who have some college, sure, but no degree. Mm. And often there are jobs that require some form of degree, certification, Mm -hmm. some credential, I'll call it a credential to give them access to opportunities. So that is really what we're trying to do. And so we work very hard to understand what are all the opportunities available to students. So in terms of recruitment and retainment, I'm hoping to do more things like this. I need to expose students to like what is really manufacturing today versus when my mother worked at LTV Steel or Republic Steel, I think it was called. Sure, yeah. And all the residual knowledge or history that people thought that manufacturing was, but it may not be today. Correct. And I think I just don't have enough folks who are aware of what that is. So it's about a lots of exposure. Yeah. I think that's dead on to a lot of the conversations we've been having. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Michelle, when, when I looked at hiring people and training people, you know, I'd have a father that I would know that said, Hey, my son's getting out of the house today. He's going to be a plumber. Can you train him? Right. I'd hire him on and I'd have people come to me and, and, you know, they'd apply for jobs and then we would try to assess, you know, their technical capabilities so we could put them in a position for success and growth in your position. How do you, how do you and your team, you know, assess that individual and say, you know what, we feel this is a great opportunity for you if you take this path. I am going to be quite honest. We don't do a great job at assessment. Mm -hmm. And that is what we're trying to build over what we've been working towards for the past two years is really figuring out how to better assess students' um, ability versus just interest and passion. Right. Because most inventories really just look at what are you interested in? What do you like to do? We need to do a much better job at identifying who has like math aptitude or, you know, the different aptitudes you need in the trades and how do we better do that? We need to get better at that, to be quite honest, because right now it's more around what do you think you want to do? Let's try to get you some exposure to that. But sometimes that's not sometimes that's not enough. Interest and passion may not be enough. There might need to be aptitude in order to be successful. And that's the part we're trying to get a lot better at. I think right now, have you all heard of CTE, career technical education? No, No, tell us about it. Okay, so real quick, in many districts in Ohio, and probably, I think, across the nation, um, they have what's called CTE, career technical education. And it's the formal name for pathways in high school Mm -hmm. where students take specific classes that by the time they graduate, they should be knowledgeable enough to sit for certain certifications to have easier Mm -hmm. entry into the trades. And so, you know, in Cleveland, where we have a very uh, prominent presence, as well as in other districts, students have opportunities to do a manufacturing pathway, a culinary arts pathway, an IT pathway. And so 
ideally they're teachers who are trained to teach some of those fundamental courses so that as students get to high Mm -hmm. school graduation, they should be at some level uh, work ready to either enter into an apprenticeship or go on to the next certification or perhaps, you know, be able to apply as we were just talking about for union membership. So CTE is a formal program of, of a number of trade pathways that students should have access to. And are you affiliated with certain organizations that will give that hands-on opportunity? Like Catherine and I, early on in the podcast, we had talked about, you know, hey, how do you get out there and see if you like the trades? And I had always said, you know, Habitat for Humanity is a great example. You're doing something great for the community, but you're getting real-life application, but you have someone overseeing you so that you're doing it right. There are a few partnerships that I um, work with that I'm very proud of and and organizations I collaborate with, and I want to add you all to the mix. But like ACE, have you heard of the ACE Mentoring Program? It's for Architect Construction Engineering, Mm. and it's a consortium of those trades. And what we do is I'm on the board of the organization, and we help connect students to opportunities in architecture, construction management, and engineering. And so- Companies all across Northeast Ohio are members of that um, association, right. and we mentor students in high schools. Also, um, Magnet, I'm sure you do. Yes, yeah. we have a partnership with yes, Magnet. Yes, mm-hmm. Magnet. We often partner with Magnet. There are a couple of manufacturing associations yeah. that often want to come into schools and kind of connect students to what's hap- you know, to, to opportunities in those trades, mm-hmm. trying to develop partnerships in the IT space, but essentially we're trying to develop partnerships with associations and organizations that are in these industries that need all kinds of people to do all kinds of jobs. Right. Absolutely. So we do have some uh, partnerships and collaborations trying to give students exposure. Yeah, and then on great. our board, on our board, we try to recruit board members that represent our society as well, or represent industries in our society. That's great. And so we try to connect with our board members, let us take students to your organization, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I know even some of the plumbers that we have, if if you ever really wanted to give them some on-job experience, they would be their first to raise their hand saying all day long that they would be more than happy to show people what it's like a day in the life out in the field. We would love to do that. I mean, I have friends who have like um, construction or organizations who it's more one-off, like, hey, I know this kid, can they come hang out with you? Sure. But we need to develop more systematic collaborations and partnerships so that we can have a bigger scale, a bigger impact. Right. Because right now it's kind of, in my role, it's a little bit one-off, but I'm really working to try to figure out how to leverage relationships that I have. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in your experience, how can parents, early educators, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but better support students who are interested in exploring the trades or working with their hands, you know, how can they be partners in this as well? I would say be very, be observant because Mm -hmm. oftentimes families can tell you a lot about their young people that maybe a teacher or some other person can't because, and I'll say moms, and we just have to help families cultivate those passions in young people. Absolutely. But more importantly, help them recognize what connection that could be to a future career. Mm -hmm. And I think about that for like young people who like to draw, young people who like to solve problems. How do we nurture those interests and build their aptitude so they can be prepared for opportunities for careers that require that kind of skill set and that kind of work. So I think right. absolutely. I think that's what we have to do. Be observant, really talk to young people, ask them what they like, watch what they do, 
you know, understand them a little bit better and then facilitate further opportunities, putting them in summer camps that, you know, Mm -hmm. that further develop it and then help students figure out what they don't like as well. Because this this age group, you know, social media has has had a major impact on who they are and what they want to do. And I even have a kid who said she'd love to be an influencer. And I'm like, that probably is a job. We're not used to it yet, but right. that probably is a big deal, but we still need people to know how to do some things that are like with your hands. Yep. So I think that's what we would have to do. Yeah. And if you look around this room, that's exactly what this wallpaper is, is people who did all this work, uh, you know, influencers in the trades, but they're they're doing the work right? and they're showing to me what a great uh, profession it is in the, in the community that's out there and those, they support each other and really wanting each other to win and do a great job of, of supporting everyone. Yeah. You know, me, I always joke to me an app before I came to Odie was something I ordered before dinner. You know, know, I'm I'm a boomer big time, right? But social media, you know, I, I hear you mention influencer. You know, back in my day, I was an influencer. Yes, I could see that. But my influence <laughs> was based on the fact that I was willing to make a commitment to mentor you, to teach you something, be there to support you through the trials, and then congratulate you on your success. Absolutely. So, you know, you might not have to be on social media to be an influencer. Absolutely. You know, you might be able to do that in other ways. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I just want to keep exposing students to, like, real world places like this is an actual place on West mm-hmm. 160th or off West 160th that yep. actually exists. And they make this thing that's in Home Depot. Yeah, like, absolutely. There's yeah. no conception that this or where do things come from? How do it just, how does it just happen? And this is a perfect example. Well, and I, I say this to a lot of people who, when I um, would meet them and say that I work for Odie and they'd say, who's, who's Odie? And I'm like, you use one of our products every day and you don't even know it. I mean, we are in your infrastructure of your house. We help support what you do. Um, and we have over 12,000 SKUs that we sell all over the world um, and in all different locations. And then else in the light bulbs are, wow, that's amazing. And we've been in Cleveland, Ohio for over a hundred years. It's wild. So there, I'm going to be honest, yes, it's quite wild. It's it's amazing. And, and there's manufacturing um, from a trade. There's plumbing from a trade. There's mm-hmm. all these different components that we support that there's a ton of opportunity and a lot of fun and a way that you can really grow your career and have a great you know, pathway to success. Yeah, I just, yeah, we got to really change the mindset around, you need to know how to do something to Mm -hmm. be in the trades. I mean, it is, there is education you need to be successful in this work. It's not just, I'm just going to go to the trades because I can't do something else. That's absolutely ridiculous. No, and Doug can talk about it. You you just said people don't make it. (laughs) Well, the thing is the trades isn't you know, back in my day, if you ended up in the military, you were looked as a failure. Absolutely. Because, well, there's no place else you can go, so you go to the military, which we know that it's isn't not true. The case. Absolutely yeah. not true. In the trades, that sort of had that stigma for a while. Well, you know, you can't be formally educated in a college, so, you know, what? go to the trades and work. Mm. I'm going to tell you something. It, every time you figure out a plumbing design on a DWV stack, okay, Whatever you're doing a means. lot of mathematics. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a draining system in, okay. your, in your house. Okay? <laughs> you're doing a lot of mathematics, okay? You're calculating pipe sizes, okay? So a lot of mathematics involved with it. You know, as a business owner, people used to say to me, man, what's it like being your own boss? I want to be honest with you. I was never my own boss, okay? Because when I was at home, my wife was my boss. <laughs> Okay. Good but job, wifey. Uh-huh. Every job I went to, 
I had a new customer who was my boss. Absolutely. Okay. So it was my job to guide them to the path of completion and make them satisfied, but they were technically the boss. So, you know, you have to have the mindset that there's a lot of layers to the technical field. And Catherine Mm -hmm. and I, we've talked about this on the podcast where you might not want to be a plumber because you're afraid to stick your hand in the toilet, but construction management, you talked about that. Okay. Project management. Absolutely. Um, You can maybe get into an architectural field and draw plumbing systems as a mechanical guy. So, so many different opportunities in the trades. It's not just sticking your hand in the toilet. Absolutely. Yep. So tell me a little bit about, you know, do you feel your organization is an untapped resource for those who are looking to get in the trades? You know, and if so, why do you think that is? And then what can we do to change it? You know, how can we help support that? I'm going to say yes, but it's not, it's, I'm not going to lay fault. I'm just going to say we need to do more to better understand the many pathways and many opportunities available to students. Mm -hmm. So like right now, you know, I say, you want to be an engineer? Okay, great. I know that the University of Akron has an excellent, you know, polymer science engineering program. But what I don't do, what our team needs to do a better job at is understanding what is it about engineering that makes that the right fit for you? Mm. And are there some other pathways given what it is you really want to do? So I'm great at saying who has the best sociology program in the country and all this, but what we need to get better at are what are the opportunities for, you know, other kinds of learning that are as equally as important as, you know, going off to college. Well, even that uh, student who maybe likes engineering because they like the thought around it, but maybe they really don't want to be behind a desk nine to five and and their personality tends them to be more... um, as an extrovert and they like to have a, a, a varying schedule, you know, then Absolutely. that might not be. So I think you're right on with having to really look at the student and looking at their attributes and how they are as a student, really what they want out of life too. And I, so I feel like we're untapped because that's where we can tap in and I think we can have a greater impact. And that's what we've been working on and trying to do more of. So this yeah. was kind of perfect to be here talking about this because that's absolutely where we're driving towards. Mm-hmm. How can we be a more tapped in tapped into resource for people who need to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's great. I tell you what, um, I do have a question because I love success stories, right? Yeah. So throughout your career Mm -hmm. as a mentor, okay, give us an example of one of your success stories of someone who you mentored and supported and, and what their success was. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Or maybe your top five. If you have so many, yeah. maybe just give us. So many in the sense of I can't even think of one that would be as exciting to talk about because it's really not super exciting. It's just the everyday believing in young people. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. they just all of a sudden turn out. So I worked at the University of Pittsburgh for a number of years, and I was the advisor to an organization where all these young people were idealist and wanted to change the world. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness for Facebook, because they're all my friends. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so success in that I have folks who, oh, I have one. Oh, this young man, he started a See, I knew I'd get one. Uh-huh, I know. You got okay, it. it took a second. I had to process <laughs> one, and it was more recent. That's why I'm like, oh yeah, I just texted with him. He started a company where they build, rehab, construct vacation homes. Mm. Okay, and that's their business. And I was only instrumental in that. I just kept saying, "Keep going. You're there. You're almost there." So yep. the reality is, 
it's not rocket science to help young people figure out their way. It's just consistency Mm -hmm. and positivity Mm -hmm. and believing that people can be whatever it is they want to be, regardless of what I think or what other people think, because it's their life, their journey. And I think if more of us do that, we would see much more success from young people because it's not rocket science. It's just really not. It's just supporting them, believing in them them and believing Mm -hmm. them. And then knowing where to send them when they have questions if you don't know the answer. And I think that that has been my number one saving grace. I don't pretend to know. Let's go figure it out together because I don't know. That's awesome. That is really cool. (laughs) I I would agree. So as we kind of sit back, we've had some great conversations today. You know, what do you say would be kind of your hopes and dreams for the trades and for how College Now can really help, um, you know, foster that partnership even more so? Yes. This is a little bit selfish, but what I would really hope is that, like I was uh, sharing with some folks earlier, is that it's not so bifurcated anymore because Mm -hmm. really what you learn and what you need to do in the trades, everyone should learn or have some knowledge about or be able to at least tap into knowing that there are experts who study this, who ex- who work at this, who's it's their professional mm-hmm. passion and calling mm-hmm. and supporting those folks. But in addition, not, I guess what I would say is I hope that there's a uh, marrying of, you know, yep. what trades can mean in one's life as well as what post-secondary education and college can mean for one's sure. life. And they're not separate things. It could, you know, right. it's a pathway. It could be a pathway for all kinds of people. Yeah. I didn't say that artfully. My bad. No, no. I think, no, I think get what I'm saying. Yeah. I didn't say it as well as I and, was. It's in my head. And I'm the like, way that's not coming out right. But do y'all the, get what I'm saying? Yes. The way that I look at it, too, and I think that's been one of the conversations we've had is it's equality that no matter what path you pick, they're great paths because it's your path. At, right. Ooh. And so I got that on record. You okay, can have good. that one Thank too. You. Thank you. But it's so true. It's just, it's, it's really fostering that person and their, what they really can become and telling them that whatever they want to end up being, right. that they can do that. If they want to go to college right. and they want to go, like you love school and yes. you just kept doing it. Cause that's what made you happy for someone who likes to work with their hands Absolutely. and they like to be b- not behind a desk and doing what they want then we should foster that just as much right. as we should foster someone right. going to, to college. Access. I think, let me say that. Mm-hmm. I think students and families should have all the information they need to make the best decision for them. And where we, what we don't have right now is enough access to the information yep. and opportunities. You got it. And so people don't always have choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is, that is what I like to see. Yeah. I could choose to do whatever and that's just fine. The awareness of all of it. And, you know, um, you also have to be neutral in your messages that you deliver Absolutely. because we all have passions in certain areas of our life. Mm-hmm. Okay. And for me to have a passion in a different area and then criticize your passion Absolutely. path, yep. okay, could actually keep you from being successful someplace. And a lot, lots of us, we do that. Lots right, of family sure. yep. members unintentionally. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. you know, I mean, if if it's something maybe if uh, a father or mother doesn't understand. Absolutely. Okay, mm-hmm. Then why would I support that when I understand this over here and, and you will probably get a job in this? Okay? And we and we have a lot of that, too. And we respect that because if you don't know, you don't know. If mm-hmm. you don't see it, you don't even. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So. Exactly. I My tradesman 
you know, whenever they would complain about the cold and stuff like that, you know, I said, if work was fun, it'd be spelled F-U-N. Okay. <laughs> but, but at the same time, I didn't want them to come to work every day and just be a miserable individual. Absolutely. Okay? So if their passion wasn't in it, let's find you a new passion. I okay. Agree. Because you're hurting me, you're hurting you, you're hurting everybody. Right. So I think if we, you know, help uh, support those passions and then let them take the path, give them the support they need so they don't fall off the cliff someplace, mm -hmm. you know, we'll have a lot happier professionals in the future. I absolutely No matter agree. what that choice is. Oh, that was another good one. Yeah. I totally agree. Well, this has been such a wonderful conversation. I hope so. Yes. Thank you so much for the opportunity to get to know you a little Thank bit better, you. get to know college now. And, you know, as we said, we look forward to this partnership and Absolutely. we're going to make sure we bring students in here. Yep. Uh, those of you that I know in the Cleveland community that are plumbers, uh, Corsello and Sabraco, I'll be reaching out to you because we want to get exposure. <laughs> um, and I know that they'd be more than happy to bring us students out on the job site so they can really have a great understanding better. So Absolutely. Yeah. thank you so this. much. This we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of The Fix. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss our next conversation dropping every Wednesday. If you have feedback about the show or a topic you'd like to see covered, send us an email at thefix@od.com or give us a shout out on social media. We would love to connect with you. Don't forget, you can get your daily fix by visiting od.com and we'll catch you next time.